For the sake of time, uh, I'm going to go through this uh, hopefully as fast as I can because I'm dividing my presentation uh, really in two. One, uh, the paper, which I will read uh, hopefully with a little bit of passion and spice into it. And the second is the PowerPoint, uh, which is a comparison uh, from a different point of view. Um, like uh, Brother Bill says, I, came, I grew up a uh, Shia Muslim in Baghdad, Iraq, and uh, the Lord saved me from the darkness of Islam into the light of Jesus Christ. And uh, I was not saved uh, by any method or methodology. Uh, I was saved by the drone of the Holy Spirit who uh, brought me into the light of Christ. And in comparison between the Bible and the Quran, where uh, as I read the Bible, the more and more I read it, the more and more I realized that I was worshiping the wrong God. So praise God for that. So, biblical Jesus versus Islamic Jesus. Uh, the question underlined this is, which one will save the Muslims? As introductions, Jesus Christ holds a prominent position in Christianity and Islam. Some Christians have taken it up on themselves to advocate that Jesus of the Bible is the same Jesus of the Quran or Islam. This paper will prove otherwise. The main Islamic beliefs discussed here will be those of Sunni Islam, with some attention paid to the distinction in the Shiites, Sufis, and popular Islam. Works consulted are the Quran, the Hadith, and other scholarly sources. Muslims believe Allah revealed the Quran in the full light of history to correct the corruption of the Torah, the Gospel, and that the Christians and the Jews have corrupted those two, and have recognized that the Quran revealed, uh, reveals the truth, uh, true faith of Abraham. Christians' beliefs mentioned will be those of modern evangelical Protestants, unless otherwise noted in this paper. The Holy Bible are canonized, uh, as canonized in the ecumenical councils of the 4th and 5th centuries in their authority. Their idea of the divinity of Jesus come from the post-resurrection community reflecting on Jesus' ministry. So let us look at the person of Christ in Islam. In the Quran, Jesus is identified as Isa. His name is mentioned 93 times, and he is called the Messiah 11 times, and the Son of Man called twice. The Quran does not define what the Messiah or Messiah really means. I ask a lot of Muslims, even when I was a Muslim, I did not understand what Al-Masih means or Messiah. Uh, I thought it was just a oh, title. Maybe that's his second name or his father's name. Did not understand what that meant. Uh, and it does not uh, have the same impact as the biblical title of the Messiah. According to the Quran, Isa was conceived of a virgin named Mary, or in the Quranic name, Maryam. And his birth was as miraculous as the creation of Adam. Isa was only a prophet and was supported and strengthened by the Spirit of Allah. His message was infallible, as was his way of life. In this way, he is like the rest of the prophets of the Quran. He performed miracles in the, in the Quran in Surah 3.49 and in Surah 5.110. And it can be seen that how Asa created birds from clay and breathed life into them. He healed the leper and the man blind from birth. He even raised the dead by Allah's leave. The Jews rejected Asa and sought to kill him. According to the Quran, he ascended to heaven to be with Allah, to avoid the death on the cross. One day, Isa will return to earth to kill the Antichrist. Muslims do not see Isa as deity or the son of God. The Shiites' point of view is similar to the Sunni. They often sometimes share the same commentaries, 
The Shiites, however, reduce Isa's uniqueness as a prophet with the miraculous powers because they believe that when he returns to kill the Antichrist, he will be subordinate to the Mahdi, the 12th Imam, which is the Shia Messiah. They also believe that just as Allah uh, substituted uh, as likeness of Isa at the time of crucifixion, Allah does the same for the saints and imams at the time of their perceived death. As a former Shia myself, I know that in my family, the saints and the 12 imams, well, you might say, well, who are the 12 imams? These are the lineage the, of Muhammad 12 generations. The 12, im, uh, 12 uh, uh, sons and grandsons, great-great-grandsons, 12 uh, down the line. Uh, as a former Shia, we idolize these saints. We idolize these imams to the point of worship. We could not even say any bad things or word against these imams. And whenever I say something, oh, Abbas this, you know, curse to be Abbas or Hussein, I immediately, my mother and my sisters and my dad, oh, astaghfirullah, God forbid, God forbid. And I did not understand it as a child, but I realized that they deified these imams. Sufis see Isa raising people from the dead as a way to release them from the ag uh, ignorance, of the tomb, uh, ignorance of the tombs of the body and the earth of the carnal soul. Regarding the attempted crucifixion, they believe that, this is the Sufis, they believe that Isa was grasped by Allah and taken into a special relationship with him. The likeness of Isa on the cross was either Isa's betrayer or a volunteer. In popular Islam, Isa's uniqueness is important. Al-Bukhari tells us Isa is the only human was never touched or struck by evil, or the evil one, i.e. Satan, because Satan was outwitted at Isa's birth. Isa is a mediator for the devotee, the dwells in the second heaven, and has access to heaven for intercession. The, unique, the uniqueness of the person and position of Isa brings about a devotion to him in the lives of the ordinary Muslims as they petition him. Their needs touch him and his access to power helps them. His name is called upon for healing and is written on amulets or uh, uh, little um, uh, charms uh, for protection against evil. This was true experience in my life, growing up as a Muslim in my own home. My mother always invoked the name of Isa for protection and for healing for me and for my siblings. So Isa in the Quran, there are a few references. Let's go through it and his titles and who he was in the Quran. First, Isa was born a virgin, of a Virgin Mary. Uh, he was called, second, he was called the uh, word of Allah, Kalimatullah, the spirit of Allah, Ruhullah. Uh, he performed six miracles. He spoke uh, at, a, at birth in Surah 19. He, uh, Isa uh, cured the blind and the lepers. Isa had supernatural knowledge. Isa created birds from clay. Isa raised the dead. Isa spread a table with food from heaven. Five, Isa has the title of Al-Masih or Messiah. Isa is the nearest to Allah. He's the spirit of Allah strength, uh, the spirit of Allah strengthened uh, Isa. Uh, Allah raised Isa up to himself. Uh, Isa was identified with the spirit of Allah. Isa confirmed the Torah. The gospel contains guidance and light. Uh, Isa prophesied his death and resurrection. 
uh, Isa's return is prophesied. So how about the person of Christ in Christianity? Well, the life of Christ portrayed in the New Testament was fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. The conception and, ver and ver the virgin birth of Jesus were miraculous, but it is important to remember that Jesus Christ was not created, but was and is and always existed. He was also a priest and a king. He had the authority over Satan and cast out evil spirits. He performed miracles of healings and deliverance and demonstrated power over nature and brought people back from the dead. Jesus died on the cross as a substitutionary uh, atonement for the sins of man. He died to forgive sins and to give eternal life. After three days, Jesus was raised back to life. And now he resides in heaven at the right hand of the Father. His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, resides in the hearts of those who believe in him. God gave him authority while he was on earth, and he has the same power and the ultimate authority today. He, always he will return, to not to return as a Savior, but he will return as a judge. Judging the world at the end time. Jesus is the Son of God, the full revelation of God, and the living Word of God. So let's look at the similarities between Quranic Jesus and the biblical Jesus. There is an agreement of basic beliefs about Christ. Both religions describe Isa slash Jesus as the Messiah, a servant and a prophet. Both place an importance on his mirac uh, mirac uh, miracles of restoring sight to the blind, cleansing lepers, and raising the dead to life. In popular Islam, there seems to be a power attached to the name of Isa, and healing charms with his names written on them are used. In the Bible, power went out of Jesus when the bleeding woman merely touched his cloak or garment in Matthew 9, verse 20. The teaching of Jesus in the gospel are not fully contained in the Quran, but it does say that the Injil, the good news, was given to Isa and that the Injil confirms the Torah and gives guidance and light. Many of Jesus' miracles in the New Testament are also seen in the Quran. Matthew 11:5 and Luke 4, verse 18 through 19 shows that the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those that with leprosy were cured, uh, cured, and the deaf hear, and the dead were raised. Jesus touches that he, uh, teaches that he is the suffering servant and servant of God. The Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6 through 8 contains teachings that are also evident in the Quran. One must keep in mind where Muhammad got his Christology. His sources were heretical Christians, tribes, uh, Christian tribes and his wife's, for, uh, uh, his wife's cousin, his first wife Khadija's cousin, Waraka bin Nawfal who was a heretic monk, was kicked out of the church in Damascus. So what are the differ major differences that we have here? First, the divinity of Jesus. Muslims deny that Jesus is the Son of God, according to Surah 112. Allah did not beget, nor was he begotten. For him to have a son, there would have to have been a physical sexual relationship between Allah and Mary. Allah breathed into Mary of his spirit, Surah 21, 90, uh, verse 91, and Surah 66, 12. Allah can make a person by his word or command according to the Muslim belief. Allah created Adam and Isa by his will. He said, be, and they were created. 
Surah 3 and uh, Surah 19. Christians believe that Jesus is the Son of God based on declarations from God the Father, Jesus himself, and the confessions of the apostles and the prophets. God's fatherhood, uh, God's fatherhood is in spiritual context, not a physical one. Jesus' birth to uh, Jesus' birth to a virgin in Matthew 1 verse 22 and 23 was a fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy that a virgin would bring forth a child. After Jesus' baptism, the transfiguration as well, God the Father spoke from heaven saying this was his son and whom he was well pleased in Matthew 3:16 through 17 and Matthew 17:5. Jesus told his disciples that he and the Father were one in John 10:30. Jesus' disciple Peter declared that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God, Matthew 16, 16. Christians also believe that Jesus is God's self-revealing word. His word is deity, and he is God to Christians, just like the Quran to Muslims. A revelation from God. God is revelation, is God in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says that in Christ, God reconciled the world to himself. So this idea of the Son of God, the Sonship of Christ, is another objection that outrages Muslims. They cannot comprehend a second divine person exists beside Allah. Why is that? Well, only Allah is the powerful one in the Quran. He is called the arrogant and the craftiest of the cunning, Surah 59, 23, and Surah 3, 54. Christ's meekness and gentleness are as well as his self-denial are regarded as weakness in Islam. Also, they look at to the son can rebel against his father at any moment. When we say that Christ is the Son of God. This does not mean that Christ came by means of physical relationship or by procreation. We only can say Christ is the Son of God to mean that the Christ is distinctly from God, came from God. He is God. He is related to no physical father, so he is related to God. The word son, as used in common language in the Quran and in the prophetic um, uh, conversation does not indicate physical breeding. For example, in Middle East, there, it says, My word, Kelimti, bent Femi, the daughter of my mouth. My word is the daughter of my mouth. Why daughter? Because Kelimti linguistically is feminine. So it's, if my daughter is the daughter of my son, if it's, fe if it's masculine, so then my, my word is the son of my mouth or the son of my, my mind. So if it's the son of my mind, my word is the full revelation who I am. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. He's the full revelation who God is. He said, no one knows the Father but the Son. No one knows the Son but the Father. He revealed God the Father fully. I love what he said to Philip in John chapter 14 when Philip says, if you just show us the Father, we will believe. What did he say? I've been with you all this time. You don't even know. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if you want to know God Almighty, you need to show Jesus. That's why it really ticks me off. When people say, I don't want to talk about Jesus because that's not what we're talking about. We worship the same God. Wait a minute. God is Jesus. Jesus is God. You cannot separate the two. Because once we start talking about, let's talk about we worship the same God, but uh, we have some differences about Jesus. Then we are talking heresy, major heresy, because we talk about multiple gods here. How about the Trinity? 
This doctrine is closely tied to the question of divinity of Jesus. In Islam and Christianity, the belief in one God is adherent very too strongly. The Quran argues in Surah 5, assuredly they have disbelieved who say Allah one of three. In Surah 4, 171, you know this verse too. Muslims are warned to distance themselves to say not Trinity because tritheism is shuruk or association other partners with Allah in worship. Christians say Jesus is the Son of God. Muslims believe that this means there are two gods, adding the Holy Spirit to it. Then we talk about three gods here. The word Trinity is not used in the New Testament or Christian creeds, but the scripture supports such doctrine. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 23 states that Christ is God. There are numerous other scriptures that we discussed throughout the whole conference this weekend. Scripture shows that the relationship between Jesus, God, and the Father, and the Holy Spirit are one. It is apparent from Surah 5, verse 116, that Muhammad misunderstood the Christian doctrine of Trinity, describing it as consisting of Allah, Mary, and Jesus. Christians reject such trinity. I love it when I talk to Muslims and they tell me this. I said, I reject this. And it really blows them away. I said, I worship one God. What? You're Christian. You worship one God? Yeah, Deuteronomy 6.4 tells me, worship the Lord your God. The Lord your God is one. I believe that. But you worship Jesus as God. Yes, I do. Well, that's two. No, actually one. Well, how about this Holy Spirit? That's three gods. I said, no, actually one. I'm confused. Tell me. Explain to us. I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. And I love doing that. It's great. I love Muslims asking these questions and get to the point where they want to know the truth. I love talking to Muslims because they really seek in righteousness. But the only way they know how to seek righteousness is in Islam. It is my job as a Christian to show them the true righteousness in Christ Jesus. So, thank you. (laughs) This corruption of the Christian Trinity doctrine may have come from heretical sects that were expelled by the church councils during the 5th and 6th century over a dispute regarding the nature of Christ and the Trinity. Many Christians from, with whom Muhammad would have had contact with belonged to some of these groups, probably. So, something to, uh, to consider. Muslims accuse me, as a Christian, that I worship three gods, three eternals. But the problem is they don't recognize that they have at least five eternals. That is Allah, His throne, His word, His spirit, and the Quran. Of course, Muhammad too, probably. So we don't, they don't consider that. And we need to explain and show to them, let's talk about this. How about the crucifixion? That's another objection. Crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Muslims do not accept that Allah would abandon Isa to die on the cross. Instead, the Quran says of the Jews, they killed him not, nor crucified him, but so it was made to appear to them. uh, Chapter uh, 4, verse 157. From this passage, many theories have been spun to explain the events of the crucifixion. One popular theory holds that God cast the likeness on another, possibly Judas. That's a popular name there because he portrayed his master and took Jesus to heaven without having to experience death. Thus, the Christian accounts of the death and resurrection of Christ are dismissed as uh, the, uh, the result of corrupted scriptures. The Gospels say that no one could take Jesus' life unless he laid it down. 
John 10, 17. And that his death was because of God's will, Mark 8, 31. And God's love for mankind, John 3, 16. Luke 23, verse 26 through 56 details the events of Jesus' crucifixion and death. And succeeded, uh, succeeding uh, chapter describes the uh, resurrection. Isaiah 52:15 prophesied that the suffering servant would be raised up and his appearance would be disfigured. Oh, maybe that's what the Quran looked at and took that from there. Maybe Muhammad heard that story or that prophecy. The crucifixion and the resurrections are crucial to the belief of Christians, for it is on them that the Christian belief and faith is built. 1 Corinthians 15:14 says, and, it, and if Christ had not been risen, our preaching is useless and so is our faith. That is so true. Another obstacle that we have and differences we have with Islam is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Many Christians are surprised by this fact when I mention that to them. But Islam is the only other major world religion, not only to advocate Isa's existence and authority as a prophet, but also to affirm that he will come again at the end of the age. The decisive difference between the two views of Jesus' second coming lies within the Islamic perception that Jesus is merely a prophet. And as a result, Muslims do not see Jesus as the supreme judge of the world. Instead, Muslims hold to the messianism more like akin to the Judaic perception than the Christian view of the second coming. The Bible reveals that Jesus' second coming to be the inauguration of a number of crucial or critical eschatological events. Depending upon the millennial view a theologian holds, the particulars of Christ's return will vary. However, whichever view one holds, it is clear that Jesus' appearance is not mere a prophetic event, but a fully manifested divine action. Upon his return, the the Christ, Jesus Christ, will establish his kingdom. And after defeating the remaining enemies of God, commence with a final judgment. Death will be destroyed and all obstacles to God's rule will be cast away in the lake of fire. Revelation 20, verse 11 through 15. Eternal life for every believer will commence. Islamic worldview, Islamic view of Jesus' return, on the other hand, is far from earthly it's far more an earthly view. Rather than a divine ruler, Jesus will return as a conquering Muslim hero. Since the Muslims do not believe that Jesus was crucified, they instead claim that he was rewarded for his faithfulness by being taken up to Allah until the time of the end. Surah 355, 4, 157 through 158. At the eschaton, he will return to, the, to this world to preach and spread Islam, to purge Islamic nations of any unfaithful, impure Muslims, and to initiate a major jihad against the infidel world, crushing those nations and have spurned, uh, uh, spurned Allah and his prophet Muhammad. Rather than, entering, uh, rather than enter into eternal life, initiate heaven on earth, Jesus will then take a wife, and have children, and as he reigns over this purified empire, eventually will die of an old age, and only then will enter paradise. So let's summarize the two views of Jesus. Let's look at the similarities. The New Testament and the Quran. New Testament says he was a prophet, 
He's a prophet. Virgin birth, virgin birth. Perform miracles, perform miracles. Call the Messiah, call the Messiah. Spirit of God on him, aided by the Spirit of Allah. Confirmed the, the Old Testament, confirmed the Old Testament. The Word of God, i.e. divine, the Word of Allah, not divine. Some differences, he is God, they denied his deity. He's the Son of God, sonship denied. Promised the Holy Spirit, prophesied of Muhammad. Death of, on the cross, crucifixion denied. Vigorous death, no death. Return in glory, return to preach Islam. Second Adam, created as Adam was created. Now, I want to show you, having said this, in a research format, if you ever have any doubts now that if we, are worship, we believe in the same Jesus, I'm going to want you to look at the screen, and I'm going to look at the two main authorities on both beliefs, the Quran and the Bible. What does the Quran say about Jesus or Isa? What does the Bible say about Jesus Christ? So, Jesus was created and not eternal. Biblical Jesus, who is eternal? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. I love this verse. He is the I am. Thank you. Islamic Jesus is as a created human being. Biblical Jesus is the creator of everything. For by him were all things were created that are in the heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist together. Islamic Jesus says salvation is found only in the five pillars of Islam. Biblical Jesus' salvation is found in none other than himself. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Islamic Jesus, who is an involuntary slave to Allah, in that a slave not free. Biblical Jesus made himself a voluntary servant. Philippians 2, verse 6 through 8, I love this. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself. You see, that's what I love about when the witness to Muslims. They tell me, God does not need us, we need him. You're absolutely right. This is degrading to him for him to come down to earth to die for you and for me. This is filthy. You're absolutely right. But you know what? He loved us before the foundation of the world. He took it upon himself. Nobody forced him, but he made himself of no reputation. I took it upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the life of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even death on the cross that will preach wouldn't it Islamic Jesus was never crucified and therefore was not resurrected biblical Jesus who by his death and resurrection saved his people from their sins John 11:25. Jesus said unto her who's her Martha I am the resurrection and the life he that believes in me Though he was dead, yet shall he live. Jesus, Islamic Jesus, is not God in the flesh as the Messiah and the Son of God. Biblical Jesus, who is the Word made flesh and dwelt among us and is the Son of God. You know this verse very well, John 1:14. And the Word made, uh, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
Islamic Jesus who will return will not be pierced. This is interesting. This verse here in uh, chapter 4, 157 said, They killed him not, nor crucified him not. This is incredible denial of who Jesus is. Biblical Jesus was pierced for our transgression. They shall look upon me whom they have pierced. Zechariah 12:10. Islamic Jesus will marry a woman and have children. Biblical Jesus will marry his bride, the church, at the wedding supper of the Lamb. Revelation 19:7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Can't wait for that day. Islamic Jesus will break every cross. Biblical Jesus will break every curse of sin and death. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Islamic Jesus will die 40 years after his return. Biblical Jesus is alive forevermore. Revelation 1.18, I am he that liveth, lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. How about love? Well, Islamic Jesus, there is no scripture in the Quran or hadith speaks of Jesus' love for the world. Biblical Jesus who loves the world. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. That you love one another. Romans 8, I'll, oh, this, is, this will get me preaching. For I am persuaded that neither death or life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in whom? In Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise God Almighty for his salvation. So, how about judgment in Islam? This is what judgment in Islam, this is what... Esau is going to do. He will return. He's going to get married and have children. Kill everybody and start spreading Islam. And then he's going to get old and be buried next to Muhammad. Die, be buried next to Muhammad waiting for the resurrection day. Resurrection day will happen from Adam to the last person who will ever live. Then they will have to wait 50,000 earthly years to be judged. They put God in a box that he needs 50,000 earthly years to judge mankind. You know what? I don't know about you when I go to Walmart to stand at the cashier for five minutes. That's hell to me. Especially when you have a lot of kids with dirty diapers. I don't know about you. So, then you got the, the scale. Good deeds versus bad deeds. Well, Muhammad, what did he say to his followers? Well, on the day of judgment, he will intercede for each man. Whose job did he take? Our intercessor, Jesus Christ. There is nothing new about what Satan does. He's a copycat. He does not have anything original. So, which is interesting. Then what? Well, on the judgment day, each man will intercede for his wife, whether she's going to go to heaven or hell. The ironic thing, when he was dying on his deathbed, his disciple asked him, are you going to go to paradise, prophet of Allah? It's a pretty good question. He said, I pray to Allah 70 times a day. I don't know. If he doesn't know how in the world he's going to intercede for his people, and how in the world each man is going to intercede for his wife. Nobody asked these questions, neither in Islam and neither us asking them, did you know this? Then, hell. How about paradise? What's paradise like? Oh, this is wonderful. River of wine. 70 virgins per bed, 70 beds, also makes no difference. Then it's going to be other unholy acts, including homosexuality. It says that good Muslim men will recline on couches and the young boys will serve them. That's why in Afghanistan and in Pakistan and other parts of the Muslim world, they still rape boys to practice what is going to happen in paradise. 
Everyone must pay for their bad deeds. Now, you remember the scale? A good Muslim might go to paradise, but he still have bad deeds, which means he has to pay for them. Islamic purgatory. He's got to go to hell first before he gets to paradise. They asked his prophet, Are you, even you the prophet of Allah? Because he's infallible, right? He said, even I. So who has a chance of salvation in Islam? Then the, he describes paradise. Who's he describing this to? He's describing this to a bunch of Bedouins in 7th century Arabia, 150 degrees in the shade. They love to get drunk. They love to have women. All of that, he wants them to be sober, to fight his fights. Oh, by the way, I'm going to allow you to marry up to four wives, okay, at any given time. Okay, that you might divorce to marry three, all that stuff. Then you're going to have all these virgins. So he describes hell to them. It's very gruesome. And they asked him, well, who are the people in hell? Ah, he said, majority of people in hell are women. So a Muslim woman, what kind of hope does she have on earth and in Islamic eschatology? None. Now, you want to get under my skin when you tell me or anybody tells me that we worship the same God. You want that? On earth, Islamic God is separate from his creation. In eschatology in Islam, he's separate. He is right there in heaven with his angels and good Muslim men in their sexual orgy and drunken orgy. You want to compare that with the scripture? What are we going to do? I'm glad you asked. Revelation 21, verse 3. I love this. This is great because John right here, he's making sure that we get this in our thick heads. Here's what he said. He said, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. Tabernacle of God is among men. That's the physical presence of God is among men. So that's one. And he will dwell among them. That's the second time he's telling me he's going to dwell among us. And they shall be his people, and God himself will dwell among them. Three times he's making sure that God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth and everything between, is going to live among us. We're going to be his people, and he's going to be our God. Yet, I've been told, and some methodologies out there, they say, we worship the same Allah, the same God. When I talk to Muslims, I share the gospel with them, say, no, 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 uh, I'm not talking about Jesus, I'm talking about God, we worship the same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jesus. So wait a minute, I cannot separate Jesus from God. God is Jesus, Jesus is God. I cannot separate that. If this does not put a burden in your heart, that's why we are here. We have the burden in our hearts for the Muslim people because they have no hope here. But yet if we confuse that Allah is the same Yahweh, we got problems. If Jesus of the Bible, the Messiah, the Christ, the Holy One, is the same as this fictitious Isa, we got serious problems. That's not just problem. This is blasphemy. Blasphemy and heresy. Now, if we confuse the identity of our Lord Jesus Christ, just might as well believe in any other worldview. Why am I risking my life and I have a target on my forehead that two years ago I had to evacuate my family. I got, I got beating them from my family and... My mom, the day she left, in 30 years, I only saw her once, 17 years ago. When she went in the, in the airport saying goodbye to her, never seen her again, says that. She said, you're not going to come back to Islam? I said, no. She spit in my face, walked away. She said, you're not my son anymore. So if that's the case, if we are confused, the identity of Jesus, why am I suffering all of this? I just might as well go back to Islam, right? And be hanky-dory because we worship the same Jesus, right? I could be Christian, just believe in Isa, right? What a crock. Jesus is the essence of our faith. You take him out of our focus. We have no faith. Period. You either believe the Bible or you don't. 
You either believe Jesus or you don't. I don't have the luxury to do anything in the Bible, or replace the Bible, or do any stupid method that to tell me that I have the same Jesus. People ask me, you came from Muslim background, what's your method? Of course, all everybody look at our method and silver bullet. You know what? I'm an old-fashioned kind of guy. My method is the Holy Scripture and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Take it or leave it. If the Holy Spirit and the Scripture cannot do the job, forget it. I'm going back to Islam. Because it's a maybe, right? So, two questions the IMers must answer. Would you say to God, when you stand before him, when... One Muslim go to hell because of this approach. What are we going to say? Would you be responsible? Would you take that responsibility that one Muslim accepted the I am method? He called himself Muslim, but follower of Jesus or Isa. But he's going to end up in hell. Are you willing to stand before God Almighty and give an account to that? I can't. I have been ordained by God Almighty to preach the word of God. That's a serious, serious thing. I don't take it lightly. I'm a steward of that message. And the souls of man is in my hand. What am I going to say? That's incredible. We have to keep that in account. It's not have to be just a preacher in a local church. Every single one of us have to have that. Second question. Do you know my king? The Duayamers, look, good intentions are great. I love good intentions, but you know what? A lot of good intentioned people and sincere people are going to end up in hell. Truth is truth. I am not going to put my 21st century ideology and methodology, Western methods, into what the scripture says. I can't do that. So, I want you to watch this little video clip that will summarize who Jesus is. Are you ready for this? Let's see if we'll have good volume on this. Watch this. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He 
forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captive. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is light. name in here no. I don't see that turn the light on please well you know what hang on a second let me conclude with this Islamic Christianity view of Isa and Jesus is definitely different you might have noticed most of this is due to the difference between their primary sources of authority the Quran and the Bible they both see the good teachings and acts of Jesus by dis disagreeing but disagree on the divinity of Jesus and the crucifixion Islam teaches that Christianity is blasphemous because it associates partners with Allah in worship. Those who blaspheme are condemned. Christianity teaches that Islam is missing the mark by not accepting the divinity of Christ. Without the divinity of Christ and de his death on the cross and resurrection, there can be no salvation. These major differences can cause great barriers, but there are some ways to build these bridges. It is crucial that believers not compromise on the person and deity of Jesus Christ for the sake of building bridges. Christians do not have the luxury to change what the scripture says about who Jesus is. The difference between Jesus of the Bible and Islam, Islamic or Quranic Isa, cannot be reconciled. It cannot be reconciled. And they should not be reconciled at the expense of the deity of Jesus Christ of the Bible. One must come to the conclusion that the only biblical Jesus will save the Muslims from their sinful nature. Not Allah, not Isa, though not the five pillars of Islam, nor the six tenets of Islam, nor the mercy of Allah on Islamic Judgment Day. Christians must, must have the compassion on Muslims due to the spiritual oppression they are under. In final analysis, the Islamic Jesus does not exist. He was a 7th century Arabian fable that Muhammad borrowed and embellished. It would be a blasphemy Amen. to compare the living God, the living word of God, Jesus Christ, to the dem this demonic, fictitious, desert character. 
Christians must know their Christology well enough to recognize this imposter. May the Lord have mercy on those who defame his name through these methods to have been produced, whether it be insider movement, Jesus in the Quran seminars, or the camel method. As brothers and sisters of Christ, we have to convict them. We have to confront them. We, they have to come to, the, to acknowledge that these ways are wrong. They must repent. As brothers and sisters, we have to restore this relationship that it, Satan put this among the missionaries. We don't have this time to do this. People are dying going to hell. We got 1.5 billion Muslims are dying. And here we are arguing about methodologies. Why don't we just tell them about who Jesus is and let God do his business? You telling me that the Holy Spirit did the work in my life, convict me, and got me out of the darkness of Islam into the light of Jesus Christ, that spirit is not good enough, so let's come up with methodologies to help him out. You have to forgive my passion and my frustration. I am angry. I am hostile towards Islam. The spirit of Islam is not of God, if you might have noticed. Why? Because 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 through 4, it's very clear. It's a black and white. It tells me, test the spirits. If the spirit confesses that Jesus came in the flesh, it's from God. If denies Jesus came in the flesh, it's not from God. Then he does not leave me hanging. He tells me what kind of spirit it is. And this is the Antichrist spirit. So how can I reconcile Islam? with Christianity? How can I reconcile Allah with Yahweh? How can I reconcile Isa with Jesus Christ? Yes. May God strike me dead if I start doing this. Just today, we got an email today in Iran, a brother in Christ who converted from Islam to Christianity was beaten to death by his own family, leaving a wife and two children. You know, I should have told him about this out of moment so he would not go through that. Thank you for your time. I love you. I care for you. I'm zealous for the scripture. I know you are too. But we need to seek the Lord in this. We need to seek the Lord in this. We need to humble ourselves instead of getting our education, our intellect, our theological guru stuff. Look, I'm not talking to you as a theologian. I'm talking to you as a born-again so for rotten human being that the Lord Jesus Christ died for me, and I'm zealous for that. God bless you. Thank you.